Well, we've all been there so frustrated at having to tell someone again and again how something is supposed to happen, how it needs to happen. Communication is hard, especially when one tries to get another to see how a new way will actually serve them better. This is the human endeavor. You think your communications are plain, but the only thing that is actually plain is that there's so much more going on than the mere words spoken. This is the background of our gospel lesson, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem for the last time. For months now, Jesus had been speaking openly of his own death, even how it was actually going to happen. Jesus told his disciples that they were going to go up into Jerusalem and that the Son of Man would be betrayed into the hands of the chief priests and teachers of the law. They would condemn him to death and turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And then on the third day, the Son of Man would be raised to life. And what we see in the Scriptures repeatedly is that the disciples continue to either dismiss or not grasp the depth of Jesus' words. And so you just start to think about this. Why wouldn't they get it? And so I'm wondering if the issue that Jesus faced was really this mix of plain evil on one hand and the human use of our language on the other evil, and language. Those in power who mischaracterize the work of Jesus to solidify their own authority, well, that's just evil, and we can certainly understand that. We see this again and again, either in the newspaper or on our evening news. Evil was surely present in all of this. But the other piece that didn't help Jesus was human language. Language. Any language is simply inadequate for instruction in the spiritual life of a believer. No spoken language is comprehensive. No spoken language is comprehensive. We do our best, but even God was reduced to using the words, I am in his interaction with Moses. It's tricky. Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, the bread of life, the living water. And so it's no wonder that the disciples get confused. Jesus saying one thing, but poetically describing another. And it goes even deeper than this. Even we can be sidetracked with the language of the people and the stories. Today's gospel lesson seems full of joy and happiness. But is it? We see Jesus entering into the town of Jerusalem, and man, the crowds are just raucous. They waved palms and shouted, Hosanna, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It must have been wild. And it's right here that this story seems like a party on its surface. But if one digs just a little deeper, the poetic use of the word Hosanna 
makes this vignette something quite different. Now to be sure, the crowds that day had an abiding thanksgiving for the coming of the One in the name of the Lord. They just didn't grasp how this word, Hosanna, could ever have been so consonant with the foreshadowed warnings that Jesus had been speaking to His disciples. Hosanna. And words of humiliation. The cross. And then after all of that, finally, resurrection. Jesus enters into Jerusalem to the cheers of the people shouting this word, Hosanna, the traditional thanksgiving for the salvation that was to come. Salvation that was to come. Not here quite yet. And what a strange scene that must have been. All the crowd knew was that they thought Jesus might be their Savior and they were jubilant. So much so that they used the traditional words of Hosanna and blessing when they saw Him. So you just switch yourself in that story. How would Jesus have felt about those words thanking Him for the salvation to come? Did He smile and wave at them for the gift that He was about to offer? Or did their hosannas just merely steal His resolve to get through what was to come? You see, Jesus knew that the hosannas that they were shouting, this hosanna path to salvation all too well, it would lead Him first to the Sanhedrin where the religious leaders would mock Him and condemn Him and then on to Pilate, and then on to Golgotha, and then on to the cross. And still he went. The people shouting, Hosanna! And even though Jesus knows that the Hosannas meant for him, still he invited his followers to trod this path, this Hosanna path with him. He invites us today to walk this path with Him. Because friends, at the end of the day, we can talk all we wish about Jesus and what He did for us on that day, but our words will never fully capture His gift. You see, the power of Jesus doesn't come from mere words from the lips. It comes from the experience of walking that path with Him. Throughout His earthly ministry, Jesus was constantly inviting others to come along, come taste, come see, to live the life of a believer in all of its joys and sorrows. And today is a celebration of Jesus' triumph and His willingness to pour Himself out for us in Jerusalem on that day, and in our own lives today. And when one really sits down and thinks about it, our days are much like the days of Jesus for the most part. A mix of highs and lows that life hands us. 
And Jesus invites us still to live as His disciples, facing everything that comes. This is the way of the Lord. This is the Hosanna path. This is what it's like to live life to its fullest each day, recognizing it as our own Palm Sunday, a mix of good and not so good, pushing forward as best we can, always with the Lord on our lips and in our heart. This is the lesson that we take from our Scriptures today. Our days are very much like the majority of Jesus and His disciples. Jesus invites all of us to come, taste, and see, experience what it's like to be a disciple when life hands you everything. Amen.